What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 195 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be giving our early week thoughts on wild card weekend in the NFL, take an early look at the DraftKings slates, as well as the betting market. If you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, you can support us by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. You can also find us on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we produce fantasy content all week, every week in live stream. On Saturdays, finally, our Discord channel is open and available. The link to join that is in the description to the podcast. Joey, before we get into this wildcard weekend, why don't we give the people an update on our content schedule for the NFL playoffs? Yeah, so for the playoffs, we're going to be doing our normal Thursday pods, which you're hearing right now on Thursday. And then for Saturday streams, we are going to be doing them in the afternoon because for the next couple of weeks, we will have games at four o'clock on Saturday. So we're going to do the stream before the game start for wildcard weekend and for the divisional round. And then we'll probably go back to late night for the championship round as that is just two games on Sunday. So yeah, just a minor change, nothing crazy streams in the afternoon on Saturday. Yep. Make sure you guys tune in. Probably going to be doing those around 1 PM, 1 30 PM Eastern. And before we get into things, man, please join the discord chat. We've been in there all week, you know, talking playoff best ball strategizing as well as looking at the betting market. Shout out to New York been a great week with legalized sports betting but let's jump right in to the first slate we've got two games on saturday we have the vegas raiders at cincinnati the Bengals are five and a half point favorites the over under is 49 and then in the late window we have the patriots traveling to buffalo the bills are minus four and the over under in that game is 44 yeah so some interesting games this weekend you have the raiders going to Cincinnati. This is Derek Carr's and Joe Burrow's first playoff game. Cincinnati's looking to end a seven-game playoff losing streak here. Uh, they're, what, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home, and I do like Cincinnati to come out and win this game. It's a good spot for the Bengals' pass offense, which we saw has one of the highest upsides out of any passing offense in the NFL, especially over the last couple weeks of the NFL regular season. They should have their way against this Raiders secondary, and you know, this is the second matchup between the two. Cincinnati beat them by 20-plus earlier in the regular season. I I think in terms of DraftKings, this game is is interesting because Joe Burrow is a little priced up, and, and Derek Carr looks to be like the pay down quarterback on this slate if you want to go that route and the Bengals wide receivers are also priced pretty appropriately and I think T Higgins is going to be massive chalk this Saturday he's 6200 and he just looks like the clear standout play from the Bengals side of the ball it's interesting that you say that because to me it looks like a slate where you're going to want to pay up for some of the top options you know Burrow Chase Mixon etc and Tyler Boyd seems like a really standout play to me at 4,600. He's, you know, one of the only standout plays sub 5K, and we've seen him have a big ceiling at different points this year. I'm really into Tyler Boyd as a piece of Cincinnati stacks this week. Yeah, Tyler Boyd is is fine. You know, 4,600, like you said, salary saver on a slate where you're probably going to want to jam in some of these high-priced players from the Bengals and Raiders game. Uh, we'll talk about the weather in Buffalo here in a second, but you have Waller 5,700, 
Jamar Chase, 78, Joe Mixon, 71, Josh Jacobs is 6,600. So could definitely see using Tyler Boyd as a value piece for this two-game slate. But I think just in terms of projection, T. Higgins is going to project the best because the target share differential between him and Jamar Chase isn't significant, and it doesn't really warrant a $1,600 gap in between their prices. Obviously, a lot of recency bias from Jamar Chase mm-hmm. uh, in that from that game in against Kansas City where, you know, he dropped 266 yards, three TDs, uh, and 58 points. But, you know, this is still a guy that was basically getting the same amount of targets as T. Higgins for the entire regular season. And this is still a guy that had, what, seven games with 13 or less DraftKings points. So a lot of recency bias around Jamar Chase right now. You know, I could definitely see fading him and going T. Higgins and Boyd and obviously have to wait for ownership projections to uh, finalize, but I I think T. Higgins is my favorite play from this game, price included. So there are two main factors that I'm looking at with this first game, and the first one is the weather. Right now, it is about a 50-50 shot as far as whether or not it's going to be snowing during game time. Wind should not be an issue. If this game isn't a snowstorm, I think that the over is one of the easiest bets on this slate. And the second thing I'm looking at is the ownership. Uh, particularly on Joe Mixon. Now, I I think that Mixon is the standout running back play on the slate, but I could see people saving salary, going to Damian Harris, going to Devin Singletary. And if Mixon comes in at like the third lowest ownership at the running back position, he'll easily be my highest owned player. This is a great spot for Mixon. I think that he's going to be the highest scoring running back in round one of the playoffs period. The Raiders have allowed the third most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Mixon is a workhorse should be fully healthy in this spot. And the last time these two teams played, the Bengals absolutely fed the ball to Mixon. He had over 30 touches, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. And at 7,100, Mixon to me is a borderline lock. Yeah, Mixon is a great play. Just in terms of early projections, he's projecting as one of the best values out of the entire player pool for this two-game slate on Saturday. T. Higgins is actually projecting to be the best value. So I think T and Joe are probably going to come with a decent amount of ownership. And, you know, it's a two-game slate. Obviously, all of these guys that we're talking about are going to be owned. And really, the ways to get unique are to, you know, leave salary on the table, just full stack one game. And I think in this slate, it would definitely be this game for me if I'm picking just one game to go very heavy on because there are a lot of players that could speed this game up that can put a lot of points up on the board in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Darren Waller, and then you also got Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Deshaun Jackson, Zay Jones, some deep down the field threats that could score long touchdowns. So I kind of like those guys as long shots, Zay Jones, Deshaun Jackson, obviously Hunter Renfro is a really good play each and every single week. He's 6,400. He's not going to project great, but we obviously know that Hunter Renfro is just going to get peppered with targets. So, like I said, if there's one game I'm picking to to just go super heavy on, it's this Raiders and Bengals game. Absolutely. Zay Jones, to me, is a standout play. He's had seven or more targets in five straight games. He's priced down at 4K, and I think he'll come with an ownership discount compared to guys like Renfro and Waller that a lot of people are going to look at as the natural bringbacks to Cincinnati stacks. Do you have a lean between those two guys? Because interestingly... 
Waller's price has come down significantly. Obviously, it's been a while since we saw a blow-up game, but we know it's in his range of outcomes. At 5,700, Waller's price tag is pretty appealing. Yeah, I think Waller is one of the best plays on the slate. I think 5,700 for the ceiling of Darren Waller is just too low, and I'm probably just going to jam him in my lineups, especially in uh, Raider stacks and especially as the bring back in Bengals stacks and obviously you can play like Hunter Henry or Dawson Knox we'll talk about those guys in a second but just in terms of price projection and ceiling Darren Waller is the best tight end play on the board this week, and it's pretty hard to get away from him on this two-game slate. Yep, I think if you are getting away from him, it's probably not with CJ Uzoma, and it's probably one of these tight ends in Knox or Henry in the other game, and we can just sort of focus on that game for a minute here. I mean, first of all, are you going to this game? You know, noted <laughs> Patriots fan, an hour outside of Buffalo, are you making the trip to this, uh, you know, tundra in Buffalo? See, I would like to go to it, but does the reward outweigh, you know, having to go out there and get heckled by some of the most obnoxious people you will ever meet in your life? Then I also have to drive in traffic and then it's also going to be absolutely brick. So does that outweigh mm-hmm. me going to watch the Patriots probably lose in Buffalo? I don't know. I haven't I haven't made that decision yet. But this mm-hmm. game, Saturday night in Buffalo, projected to be below 10 degrees so it's going to be a you know a cold frigid game I could definitely see the Patriots trending more run heavy we've already seen that out of them when they went to Buffalo earlier this year so Damian Harris looks really really enticing at 6400 and god forbid if if he were to miss for some reason due to his hamstring injury Ramadre Stevenson is 5100 and I think Stevenson alone is just a good pivot, a good salary saver at the running back position. And you just have to hope that he gets the touchdown or two that the Patriots score, which is definitely in the range of outcomes. So I like Stevenson as a long shot. But yeah, th- this is going to be a cold, freezing game. And on the Bill side of the ball, Josh Allen has not been good in cold weather. Like in terms of NFL history, like he's actually been one of the worst cold weather quarterbacks in his career so far in NFL history so I wonder if that's boosted by the fact that he has so many cold weather games probably more than most teams yeah that's what happens when you play for Buffalo obviously but he still hasn't performed like you you can play in more games but if you're still not performing I think that's notable to say the right. least. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I would want to see the percentages more than the volume. Like, yeah, he he probably does. But I mean, some of these quarterbacks could have had like, you know, two or three cold weather games in their careers and it not really be, you know, a factor. I don't know. Um, In terms of this game in general, I mean, I kind of like the Patriots to, I don't want to say outright win. I like the line. I got it at four and a half earlier in the week. It's down to four right now. Um, I think that there's a real chance that the Patriots upset the Bills. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think we're both on the same page that we expect the Bills to win, right? Right. But we also are on the same page that out of the entire wildcard weekend, this is probably the game where we both can not expect, but we wouldn't be shocked if there was an upset, upset, correct? Right. Yeah, I mean, because the way that the Patriots win is the way that the Buffalo Bills lose, and that's by getting obliterated on the ground. That's what the Patriots want to do. It's the weakness of the Bills' defense. We've already seen them split. We've seen the Patriots go into Buffalo 
and win this game. And Josh Allen, like you said, he's been up and down in general. He's been more down than up in cold weather games. So I think that there you know, are reasons to be skeptical about the Bills. Like you said, I wouldn't expect them to lose this game, but it's definitely within the range of outcomes. Yeah, and just to put some context behind you know, us saying Josh Allen doesn't perform well, this is courtesy of NBC Sports. Josh Allen has a 3-2 and two record in games under 32 degrees. That's what they qualify as cold weather games. He's 3-2. Three, three he has six touchdowns, seven interceptions, only 166 yards per game, a 50% completion percentage, and a 61 passer rating. So not really great. And like I said, this is going to be a very cold game. Uh, the Bills are probably going to have to lean on the ground game and on Josh Allen's legs. You know, Josh Allen does give the Patriots defense problems for sure because he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, one of the best dual threat QBs in the league. And the Patriots linebackers just cannot keep up with Josh Allen when he gets outside of the pocket. Uh, so that definitely presents a challenge to the Patriots defense. But like you said, the way the Patriots win this game is on the ground, control the clock, and hopefully get a couple stops out of Josh Allen, which they weren't able to get a couple weeks ago in New England. But he hasn't played well in cold weather, so I could definitely see the Patriots upsetting the Bills here. But, you know, you still got to play some of these Bills guys like Diggs is pretty cheap uh, for his role, 7500 and then all of the Bills ancillary receivers are priced way down for some reason. Sanders 4300, Cole Beasley's 42 and Gabe Davis is 3900. Like one of those guys is is going to see like eight targets. Do you have a lean between them? I mean, it's it's looking like they're all going to be healthy, so they all cannibalize each other, right? Like They do. Uh, but in particular, I think that Emmanuel Sanders being fully healthy cannibalizes Gabe Davis the most. Cole Beasley sitting there priced in between them, 4200 Cole Beasley, notoriously the small slate king. I, I want to take another shot at Cole Beasley on a two-game slate oh. at 4200 with minimal ownership. Yeah, I forgot about that. How could you? It's, yeah. You know, any two-game slate. <laughs> yeah, Cole Beasley. And Beasley's guaranteed Cole Beasley's to snap. a stone lock this week, um, 4200 <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely locking him in. Forgot about that. And, and the Patriots can get beat in the slot for sure. Uh, Jonathan Jones went down earlier in the season, who was their starting slot corner. Uh, so that has been a vulnerable position for the Patriots secondary. And Cole Beasley is probably going to be like a 70% snap player and think he'll probably see between six and eight targets. And at 4,200, if he gets you like 10 plus points, I, I think you're happy with that. I, I think that. You are correct indeed. Let's move on to the second main slate of the weekend, the three-gamer on Sunday. And the three games that we have starting off at 1 p.m., we have Philly at Tampa Bay. The Bucks are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 47. The mid-game, San Francisco at Dallas with a three-point spread favoring the Cowboys. This has the highest over-under on the entire weekend at 51 and then the late night hammer, the Steelers at KC, 12 and a half point spread. KC, massive favorites, 
biggest favorites on the slate over under at 46. What stands out to you on this three-game slate? Yeah, so I think this is a pretty solid three-game slate. And just in terms of DraftKings, I think you can play some cash on a three-gamer slate, especially when we have a bunch of good options uh, in terms of offenses. I want to play cash on the two-game slate, only GPPs. And for cash, obviously, you're just going to play Jalen Hurts at 6100 Just an egregious price on one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the NFL. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts is the is the cash quarterback if you're playing cash. And in tournaments at the quarterback position, obviously, you know, paying up to Brady, Mahomes looks really enticing, and, and Dak too as well. Jalen Hurts, obviously great. And for GPPs, I'm just strictly going to target those four quarterbacks. They have, mm-hmm. you know, the highest floors, the highest ceilings on the slate. And it's a good spot, I think, for the Eagles passing offense against this Tampa Bay pass funnel. I think it's a good spot for Tom Brady and Gronk and Mike Evans. And that looks really enticing. And the Chiefs should blow the brakes off the Steelers in this spot at home. So I think that's what's standing out to me right now. There's a lot of injury news that I think will impact this slate more so than the other slate. I mean, as far as the two-gamer that we talked about on Saturday, there's really not too much that's like up in the air as far as injuries go, but there's still a lot, I think, in this slate specifically. Tyreek Hill is expected to play in this game, but with the Chiefs being such heavy favorites, 12 and a half, I wonder if they limit him just to get him fully healthy for what is likely to be a really impactful second-round playoff game for the Chiefs, where they're either going to be playing the Bengals most likely or the Bills most likely, and you know, They'll need Tyreek at full strength. So I think that some of the ancillary Chiefs receivers are really interesting on this slate. If they get more run, if they take it easy with Tyreek, Mikael Hardman is 4,100 coming off of an 11 target game where he put up 22 points on DraftKings. Pringle has been utilized all season for the Chiefs. I like that. We have for the Bucks. Cyril Grayson is doubtful in this spot, which could lead to, you know, an increased role for Tyler Johnson is really the only other viable receiver outside of Mike Evans. He's priced at 4K. So there's a lot of value on this slate that'll allow you to get up to some of, you know, the Debo's of the world, uh, you know, Najee Harris, if you're interested in that. And yeah, man, there's just some really interesting prices on this on this slate. Like you mentioned Jalen Hurts price tag but if we think that there's any sort of success for the philly passing attack Devonte smith priced at 5400 looks really good against a pass funnel and dallas goddard is 4400 as the fifth highest priced tight end on the slate that seems like a clear-cut misprice yeah the eagles guys look really really good to me uh you mentioned Devonte. Dallas Goddard. I mean, Goddard at 4,400. I think he's probably going to project the best of the bunch. And I think he definitely could come in as the highest owned tight end. So it might be worth paying up a little bit more to Schultz or Kittle. Um, Schultz will probably be the lowest owned of the bunch. So he looks really solid in GPPs. Gronk, Kelsey, obviously good pay up options and you know they're not crazy expensive which is good and then like you mentioned we have a lot of value especially with the Chiefs cheap wide receivers and then you have the Bucks cheap wide receivers as well with Perryman uh, Tyler Johnson Scotty Miller might get some extra run so definitely a lot of value um, definitely a lot of ways to construct on this three game slate I think you know we're, we're just gonna have to figure out what the best stack is and for me, I think it's probably a Bucks double with Brady, Evans, and Gronk. You know, with the injuries to Chris Godwin, Fournette, who I think should be back, correct? He should be able to play 
in this game. Expected to play, correct. He could be available as it stands right now. Uh, they, they designated him to return from IR. Hopefully he's back and he's 5,600. He'd be a standout play. But if Fournette can't go and, and you know, they take it easy, really the offense is going to run through Mike Evans and Gronk. Uh, so, you, so you know where the ball's mm-hmm. going. And even if Fournette is back, like a Tom Brady, Fournette, Mike Evans, or Gronk stack looks really, really good this week. Just because the offense got so condensed with A.B. and his shenanigans and he's off the team and, and Chris Godwin tearing his ACL. like That takes like 20 targets away from those two guys and, and puts them in the hands of Fournette, Evans, and Gronk. So I think I'm just going to ride with the Bucks on this slate. I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that to me is definitely the game that I have a lot of interest in. I'm not opposed to going with Jalen Hurts and still playing two or three bucks just because you are getting a decent discount. And if you want to pay up 7K to Evans and some of these other guys like Gronk as well, you're going to need to save a little bit of salary and Hurts can get there for sure at this price tag in this matchup. What are your thoughts on the San Francisco Dallas game? Because that game has a tight spread. I think, you know, outside of the Bills game, I could see San Francisco being the team that upsets this weekend. It has a high total, highest total out of the six games we're looking at this weekend. Do you see this game being a high scoring shootout? Yeah, I think that like if I had to lean a certain way, I would probably lean under 51 just because Dallas defense has been playing really well. There have been some concerns around the Dallas offense. Obviously, they let the starters and they let Dak stay in pretty late into that Eagles game to try and maybe build some rhythm for the playoffs, and that might help. And, you know, I think price adjusted on this slate, the Dallas double is probably the best just from a price and ceiling perspective because Dak is only 6700 and then CD Lamb and Amari Cooper are just really really cheap 6300 for Lamb 5900 for Cooper so you know if I'm picking a double that I think has the highest ceiling and the best price it's definitely the Dallas double uh, so I'm definitely going to have lineups with Lamb Cooper and Dak I think that looks really really good obviously Cedric Wilson is a great pay down option he's 4300 and I, I I like the Dallas side of the ball. The the Niner side is hard to predict just because I don't I don't know. I feel like they just run a lot of like weird touches to these random ass dudes like Jawan Jennings, Trent Sherfield. You know, they're gonna run the ball a bunch with Elijah Mitchell and he's fifty seven hundred. Dallas has been great on the ground. Debo Samuel is gonna get rushing attempts and just the, the play volume, I don't think, is going to be there for the 49ers unless they get down in this game, which is definitely possible. But I think it's really hard to go with some of these Niners at their price. Yeah, I mean, Debo to me has one of the highest ceilings on the slate, so I would definitely want exposure to him. I think he'd be the best bring back in Dallas stuff, but you are going to need to save salary if you're double stacking Dallas and playing Debo. But like you said, there are some options to do so with, you know, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz is 5K, so it's it's okay. But um, yeah, any any other leans on this slate? I feel like we've pretty much covered everybody that I wanted to talk about. And in terms of leans, you know, I, like I said, I kind of lean the Bucks eagles game that looks really good. And I think there's a lot of values in there with Fournette, Goddard, Devontae Smith, 
Gronk looks okay. And I I think I would lean towards Dallas doubles if I'm, you know, not playing a Bucks double because CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are just mispriced, to be honest. Right. And, and they're projecting pretty decently right now. So I definitely like those guys. And just in terms of position, I think running back is the hardest position on this slate. Zeke, I don't, I don't think we can go there. Mitchell, it's a tough matchup as a road dog. Najee Harris, same thing, you know, 12 and a half point dogs. And we haven't even talked about the Steelers guys much. I think that everybody is projecting just for them to go in and, you know, get blown out. But Najee Harris, 6,600, he's not going to come off the field if he's good to go. And I think he should be. And Deontay Johnson at 6,700, we know that he's just going to get peppered with targets and you know he he had a decent game against Kansas City I could definitely see going to Deontay Johnson as like a a low-owned tournament option this week and he might be my favorite of the bunch in terms of Steelers players uh, Mm -hmm. for tournaments but Claypool is is so goddamn cheap and his ceiling is high too so I think maybe my favorite play is to target these Steelers wide receivers as you know contrarian options and then stack up the rest of the games in Dallas, Tampa Bay, Philly, etc. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a low-owned contrarian approach, which you definitely need on a slate this small. It's just hard for me to embrace any Steelers players with the 16.75 implied team total that they've got. I am a little bit interested in the Chiefs running backs. Um, you know, Chiefs are have the highest implied team total on the slate. They're the largest favorites. Both Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Daryl Williams were practicing on Wednesday. It would have been nice if one of them was out and we could have gotten a full workload out of, say, Daryl. But, you know, I mean, this sets up as a really good game script for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's just he hasn't gotten the work lately. But as a straight rusher, you know, players have been dominating the Steelers as of late. They've allowed the second most rushing yards per game to opposing backs over the season. Could definitely see Clyde or Daryl, one of the two, having a big game in this spot. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I think on this three-game slate, there are just a ton of mispriced players. Like DraftKings did a very poor job of pricing some of these guys that might be returning from injury. Like Fournette at 5,600 is just like a stone lock if he's good to go. And and we know the the Bucks are going to need to use him. Like we said, they have Evans, Gronk, and that's it right now. Uh, Ronald Jones is still hurt. It's looking like he's not going to be able to go. So it's going to be Fournette as a bell cow. He's 5,600. CEH, 5,500 if he comes back. And for the reasons you outlined, great matchup. Obviously, Casey, one of the better offenses in the league. Just a misprice on CEH, I think. Same goes for Daryl, especially if CEH can't go. And if one of them can't go, uh, the other is going to project extremely well. So I think those guys got mispriced. Um, I think the receivers got mispriced in terms of the Cowboys wide receivers. Goddard is mispriced at tight end. So there's a lot of value on this slate. There's a lot of ways to build. And I think this three-game slate is way more interesting than the two-game slate. So I'll probably go heavier on this slate for sure. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Let's close out the show with our best bets of the week joey what do you got for the people yeah so my favorite bet for the wild card weekend is the chiefs minus 12 and a half in the playoffs over the last 10 years double digit underdogs are 2 and 10 against the spread since 2005 double digit underdogs are just 1 and 6 against the spread on wild card weekend 
The Steelers are terrible. The Chiefs are good. They've already blown out the Steelers this year. Um, I don't see a way that the Steelers put up a fight in this game. Maybe they come out and play hard for Big Ben. It will probably be his last game. But we know playing in Arrowhead is one of the more difficult tasks to do. So yeah, give me the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. I think that is a, a pretty good bet for wild card and you know I'll, I'll just roll with that as my number one and if i had to give a, like a longer shot bias bet i'll take the patriots money line but not official mm, got you got you yeah right before the show i put in a two-leg parlay from the slate and the two bets that i like the most i like the over in cincinnati vegas at 49 there are just so many ways i think that that game goes over we've talked about the players on the Bengals' offense that can speed up the game all it takes is one or two big plays out of chase or higgins and that game is off to the races and secondly we didn't talk about this game at all because it's only a showdown slate on DraftKings. we don't really cover showdown but i do like the rams minus four i just think that they are a complete team and i think that the cardinals do not belong in the playoffs and i think that stafford and the Rams are going to make quick work of them in this game. So those are the two bets that I like for this slate. Yeah, I like the Rams bet, and uh, I think that's good. I'll probably bet on that come Monday night for sure. And then for your other one, I mean, personally, I'm not, I don't really like it. Uh, 49 is a high total, you know, for two quarterbacks in, the, in their first playoff game with, you know, two young head coaches. Obviously, like you said, there's a lot of ways that this game can go over but I think if the Bengals get up they're just going to trend more run heavy and I don't think the Raiders can put up points coming from behind uh, which is pretty much the the way that Vegas thinks this game is going to play out is the Raiders are going to lose by you know probably a touchdown or more um, according to the spread so I'm not a fan of that total but I definitely love the Rams this week all right that is going to be it for episode 195 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrying DFS. For more wildcard weekend content, you can check out our YouTube channel, the DFS Dose, where we post multiple videos per week, and we will be back Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. to revisit the slate and give our updated thoughts as the week develops. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Bye.